Hello. Welcome to Hopefully We Don't Break Up. I'm Julia Rossi. And I am Will Miles. And today's guests, we have uh, Emily Rems and Logan. I realize I don't know your last name. Uh, my name is Logan Del Fuego. Oh, hot, hot, hot. It's a, it's a bit spicy. Yes, yeah. it matches the temperature today. Absolutely. Uh, which is a million <laughs> degrees. No AC in this room that we're in right now. I'm glad so. it's not a visual medium. Oh, yeah, my God. Exactly. You <laughs> just see sweating people. Just in our underwear. <laughs> all right. Just dripping, dripping wet. Um, thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah I'm so glad it finally happened. Um, so you two are, do you live together? Yes. yes. Cool. And how long have you been together? It'll be 12 years <gasps> this this month. Which, next oh, week. shit. Oh. Which means we've been together 13 years, right? No, it's 12 years old. Oh, 12 years altogether. Altogether. Okay. But we've lived together for 11. 11 years. Oh, nice. nice. Okay. And wh- how did you meet and, and how did it all happen? All right, I'll, I'll give my version and then you can jump into <laughs> the truth. Or all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we met three times before we went out. Um, it was in 2004 and uh, Logan was working the door at the Coney Island Sideshow. And <laughs> I, yeah. I was working, I've been working at Bust Magazine, which is a, a feminist magazine for 15 years. Great magazine. And that summer, it was just like every single cool thing was happening at Coney Island that summer. It was like the big burlesque explosion was happening and a lot of those shows were there. And then there was also the Coney Island Film Festival and then the sideshow was popping off and like, it just seemed like every weekend I was there. So, like, I remember the first time I met you, I was there with my friend Ian to see the sideshow. The sideshow. And you complimented me on my Emily the Strange messenger bag. I did. And then (laughs) (laughs) the second time I went, I... May I? You may. Uh, So, (laughs) you know, at the time I was very, very single. And, uh, you know, I was working in a sideshow. I was getting to be a carny. So I, I, I learned a few things about, you know, if you're talking to a woman, you find the thing that she likes or that she has on her and you compliment that. Like not anything obvious, you know, but the messenger bag, messenger bag, you know, it's like uh, if you're talking to like a, like an older black woman has big nails, you got to compliment those nails mm. without question. You, that's yeah. that's your in. You got to. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but my nails are garbage. So the, the messenger uh, bag. Had right. To be. Yeah, yeah. I had I had honed my skills at talking to women without just, like, falling apart into nervousness. <laughs> it takes a while, though, Yeah. 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 <laughs> a lot of mistakes happen on the way. Anyway. And then the second time, I was there on official bust business because I was writing a profile of the, the snake charmer woman at uh-huh. the sideshow. And so I, like, strolled up to him and I was like, hey, remember me? You like my bag? Um, I'm here from Bust Magazine and I'd like to get in for free, please. And he was like, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, but please, I'm here for work and I can show you my my business card and he was like no (laughs) (laughs) why'd you say no because you had no authority to let her in um well no i said no because like emily was saying at at that i'm sure the side shows by the seashore scene is still really really vibrant um but at the time that i was working there it seemed particularly electric and there were people coming to the sideshow from all over the world. Mm. Literally, like, three or four times a day, there would be a cute girl who was sent from some kind of a thing. Yeah. And she would, you know, want to talk to uh, Dick Ziggin, who was the man who sort of got sideshows by the seashore together. So there was this constant barrage of, like... um, young, smart, you know, like writers who all thought they were like very special. <laughs> <laughs> and I, really, I really am. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And in he the found end, that later. In, yeah. the, in the end, you were very special, but you know, it, like that was for me anyway, like one of the uh, glamour things about the sideshow was that I was a carny you know, one of us, one of us, and, you know, <laughs> and everybody else was outside of that, you know, mm-hmm. um, and however arrogant that attitude might have been, it did, it didn't, it did work <laughs> at yeah. the time. I got to be sort of exclusive and charming. So I paid, nice. I yeah. paid, and then the the third time, which was the charm, was I had written a profile on a, a burlesque performer named Julie Atlas Muse, and she was performing at the sideshow the week that the magazine with my profile of her came out, so I thought I would go out to the show and bring her the magazine with the profile that I'd written of her in mm-hmm. it. So I went there, I was like, hey, can I get in for free? He was like, no. And, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was... I had to wait a long time after the show for Julie to come out so I could give her the magazines. And um, I had actually gone to that show with 
Like I had one of those friends with benefits for like a million years. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, one of those people that like you spend a lot of time with, but like will never admit that you're their girlfriend or Mm -hmm. even say that you're their girlfriend. Will has had had two of those. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I was actually there that night with that person and I don't know where he was. He was like somewhere else. And so while I was waiting for Julie to come out from backstage so I could give her the magazine, Logan very like was like, hey, nice to see you. And he shook my hand and he like palmed his phone number into my hand. Oh. So like the whole ride back with like my friend with benefits, I had this phone number like burning in my pocket. (laughs) Like, oh my God. Wait, so had you been thinking about trying to make a move on her since the the get? It was, you know, like I can't pretend, like I was, you know, at that point in my life, I was totally like ethical slut all the way. Like I was... I was making a point of talking to everybody that I could. Um, But the thing that was like particularly moving about um, giving Emily my phone number was that I went, um, there were these twins who uh, hung out, worked at the sideshow. And yeah, of course. (laughs) But they were not not conjoined. They were not conjoined. Um, (laughs) But they they wore, they do look the same. Um, Anyway, so we were like pothead friends. And we went to the basement of the sideshow to smoke weed. And I probably shouldn't be saying this, but But whatever. that's the thing Wait. that we all imagined happened at the side yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. you should like, be saying this. This is wonderful. And, yeah. like, the, you know, like, the this basement was, like, the creepiest. If you could imagine a creepy sideshow basement, mm-hmm. that's exactly what this place looked like. And we went downstairs to smoke some pot, and I got this bizarre kind of, like, inspiration, like, message from God, message from, like, I don't know, the overlords, give this girl <laughs> your phone number. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to I'm gonna do it, you know, yeah. because it just, it, it seemed like one of those things, like, you know, like, buy that guitar, write down these lyrics, you know, you got to draw this picture, you got to talk to this girl, so... Nice. I know exactly. Kind of, it's weird what pot can like. Yeah, I know. There's like pot <laughs> gods who are like, you have to do this. And you have like, to do oh, this. Shit, I didn't even realize. All right. And it wasn't like a flaky thing. It actually turned out like that. That particular pothead message, that yeah. transmission, was on the ball. So hey, yes. look, that's why I'm in New York. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I totally get it. I was high. And, yeah, and I was we, like, we, I we go bonded to New York. over weed too. Absolutely. That was how yeah. I got him. We've said this so many times on the podcast, but people were like, we get it. I where did you guys him. come from? We um, <laughs> where did you come from? <laughs> um, I mean, uh, probably. You know, we should do. We should probably just send all of our guests a, a bio of our stories, so we don't. Because I don't mind repeating it. I just feel bad if anyone's listening and they're like, I don't think yes, they yes. Yeah, we met because we had this one night. We had uh, weed popcorn. Oh, nice. That wasn't how we met. Well, that, that was how we. That was one of the, our first nights. That, that was one no, of that's, our that's when first you nights. say you think you fell in love was weed popcorn. Yeah, night. but yeah. we met. <laughs> we met at a sh- we met at a show because we both do comedy and. There was flirtiness happening, and then he wouldn't make a move. So I said, "Do you want to come over and smoke before your show?" Because uh, yes. the show was near my house. That's and then that's, he was, that's a pimp move, right there. Yeah, yeah. and he was like, <laughs> "Yes, I've, yeah. I've actually." <laughs> brag but like since college that was my move with a lot of guys because I was always in college I yeah. always had weed That's so and I remember cool. there was this one there was like this like you know kind of dumb he wasn't that dumb but he was like a football dude who lived <laughs> down the hall who like I got stoned one night so whenever he wanted weed he would try to find me so then one night I was like I'm gonna go knock on his door and offer him weed and then I hooked up with him in the nice. study lounge, but I was like, oh, I just totally <laughs> took advantage of him using weed. I was That's like, okay. his weed and he's my bra, you know, and then just. You know what's ironic about that? I was always the guy who didn't have weed. <laughs> 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 I always waited for the person who had weed. But it was great because he was one of those guys that didn't really smoke weed. So when he did, he'd be like, how do I do this? And then yeah. I'd have to show. And I felt oh. like such like a boss bitch being yeah. like, well, you put this in your mouth and you suck and you blow. And I was like, you know, just so. I was like, mm-hmm. I, um, I don't know why. Like, if, if a guy gets a girl stoned and then makes that with her, it does come off like he's taking advantage. Totally agree. Yeah. But if it's the other way, it's hot. I, it's absolutely. Because oh, yeah. everything women do is adorable. You know. No, Same with drunk. If a guy gets a girl drunk, it's gross. But yeah. if a girl gets a guy drunk, it's like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so you said ethical slut. Did you read that book? Is yeah. That what you're referring to? Yeah, I, I actually, I did. I did read that book. And the really, I mean, I didn't just read it. I was totally living it. We should explain what that is. Um, so, yeah, The Ethical Slut is a book that was written, I believe, in the 90s by these super academic uh, San Francisco lesbian slash pansexual people. Mm-hmm. And it's a guidebook to having multiple partners and not being an asshole about it. Yes. 
I read it and I lost my copy. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I read it's it while I, was, no, I read it while I was getting married. I'm not married anymore. And I remember my fiance was like, "What's that all about?" And I'm like, uh, "I don't know." Uh, I was like so confused. It'd be so weird if like, our listeners didn't know you weren't married anymore. But <laughs> oh yeah, I've been married this whole time. But I have this podcast with my boyfriend. Um, but I mean, I think the um, the most interesting part about having the ethical slut be part of part of like what opened me to be open to everybody mm-hmm. is that as our relationship got stronger and like we got more enmeshed and we started meaning a lot more to each other all of that stuff just sort of fell apart because like the wanting to be with other people no not so much the wanting to be with other people just the actual real like there's like the idea of being with other people which is awesome yes and then there's the reality of being with other people and that Became just not fun anymore, you know. Like, so do you guys have an open relationship now? No, no, no. 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 Did you ever? That would be a no. Yeah. <laughs> so you I, I am not an ethical slut. No. Yeah. Nice. But, but I get what you mean, though. Like, I, I've, because I've to- tiptoed into those ideas yeah. and tried to figure it out with different people. And I, I think in a dream world, in an ideal yeah. world, in an ideal world, you could have sex with everybody you meet. Like even that person at the grocery yeah, store that you're like, totally. thanks for holding the door yeah, open for me. Yeah. I love you. You know, and then it like <laughs> you can push a button and it goes away and you can like. But I for me and I don't judge anyone else who does it. We've had people on the show who successfully seem to make it work. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that I, I already feel like there's so much that I have to deal with on a day to day, just being a human and dealing with the relationships mm. I have. And just with you, like working it out. I don't know that I want to work it out with a second person as well. Yeah. 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 Right. So, well, so, I mean, so a thing that happened, which was sort of interesting and in around the ethical slut, uh, scenario is that, um, so early on in our relationship, I haven't, hadn't found my crappy hotel job yet, which is, pays all my bills, but mm-hmm. sucks. Um, hope that so, hotel's listening right now. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> um, so I worked in Coney Island, and then after that, I needed to have enough. I was just, you know, a junkie for any kind of a weird job, and I yeah. started working in a porno shop mm-hmm. um, on uh, on Seventh Avenue called Fantasy World. Um, I'm sure people yes. <laughs> will know what I'm talking about. Um, it's uh, it's been in Broad City. Uh, it's a, yeah. Anyway. Oh, okay. Is it the one that has the peep shows? No, no. They just oh, okay. sell just porn gear. And you know, all kinds of mm-hmm. well, anyway, so Mouth pieces, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, one day, you know, I I finished my shift, it was like a you know, t- literally midnight shift. I got off like at five in the morning and I walked over to Emily's apartment and and I like I buzz in the door and I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, like, you want to hang out for an hour or two before you go to work. And it turns out that she has another dude oh, in the house. Shit. This was before we were officially yeah, we were, in right, an but, item. Right, but there was. This is what I mean about the ethical slut. Like at the time that we met, I was trying to meet as many people as possible. Yes. Okay. I get and it. Emily was also experiencing some ethical slut no, sort I was of free and renaissance. There you go. Yeah. 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 Was it the same friends with benefits or a different one? It was a different nice. person. <laughs> <laughs> My mom um, is now officially not allowed to listen. Yeah. <laughs> but Will's mom is, hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Every episode. <laughs> but it was hilarious because, like, she, you know, Emily, like, I think you ended up coming down. I had to down. come downstairs and <laughs> say that I could not invite you up because was entertaining a guest mm-hmm. <laughs> whose name shall be morning. will not be said will be redacted <laughs> how long how long had you been well so after you got the phone number so you have the yeah. paper in your hand uh-huh. you're with the friends of benefits <laughs> who contacts who first and then how soon after does this moment happen so i asked all the my my posse of ladies i was like this cute boy from the sideshow gave me his number how <laughs> when do i call him and they all across the board said wait five days like, all of them said, wait five days. And I was like, all right, I'll wait five days. So then I waited five days. And then I called from work. And it was so... F- from my She called my landline. I called oh, his shit. landline <laughs> in 2004. <laughs> when those still existed. <laughs> and, and I called and I was like, hi, this is Emily. You gave me your number, the sideshow. And, and you were, he was like, oh, yes, hi, I'm glad you called. So tell me, what kind of music do you listen to? Like, it was immediately <laughs> like a job interview. And I had to, like, take my phone into the other room because I was at work and, like, answer his barrage of pop cultural questions. Uh, 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 um, and then he he asked me out 
like after I talked to him for a little while about what music I like. What was your first date? Where'd you it go? Was, uh, it was so epic. It, it was epic. Do you want to start or should I? I will, and then you can jump in yeah. with your color commentary. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I called him, like, I guess I had met him on the weekend, and so then five days later I called, and so then that following weekend we went out. It was like a Friday or yes, a Saturday, yeah. and I was stage managing a play, but I wanted to see him, like, as soon as, like, I just wanted to say yes when he asked me out, and so, like, I asked the director if I could get out of rehearsal that day early so I could go on this date with this cute boy and she said yes. Um, <laughs> thank you Melissa Shimkovitz. Melissa! And so I um, he met me at the theater where I was working on East 4th Street. Yeah and, and I think that same director came downstairs that same director who happens to be a lesbian doesn't it's not neither here nor there but she was like eyeing me she was she like, like you, she yeah. was like who are you why are you, are you taking, taking my, my stage, stage manager? <laughs> And she's also the author of The Ethical Slut. <laughs> that would just bring it full circle. Wait, I, can I go back for one second? Yeah. The, the five days thing, because yeah. something we talk about a lot on the podcast is the hilarity of like rules <laughs> that people make up. Yeah. I didn't know I, what the I, rule was. I had to ask. Yeah. I yeah. mean, do you is think, did, did it, but, but did you want to call sooner? Yes. Yeah. And what did you think, and I'm not judging what you did, but what did you think you were achieving by waiting? By not sounding desperate. Yeah, okay. Right. Would you have thought All she right. was desperate if she called right away? I, I don't think I would have thought she was desperate, but, like, I, you know, it's like courtesy. Like, it's not necessary. We could just be blunt with each other and say what we wanted, but, like, you need to ease it, you know? You can't just be like, hey, I want to fuck you and then just, like, yeah. be in bed with you forever, yeah. you know? Like, you can't I mean, that's a really that. aggressive phone call you just made. <laughs> <laughs> I feel unsafe. I wish, I wish everyone who was listening could have seen all of a sudden he just, he's like this beautiful guy with, like, this dread bun and beads, and then he just grabbed a phone and was like, I want to fuck you, I mean, I feel like, I think you sort of need those five days just to be detached from your own needs because I don't mean when I was single like I was I never said that to anyone but I did both want to have sex with them and then just lay in bed and talk for like the next 20 hours you know and, yeah. and I was really desperate <laughs> to have that so I think it's helpful to have that the five day barrier the five day yeah huh all I mean, right. She gave me a six month bear, so I don't know what she's saying. <laughs> he, he didn't even ask me out. He would just be like, hey, what's up? And then he claims that he was trying really hard. And I was like, you would say hello. Six months. And then walk away. And Did you just want to hang out? Is that? No, he no, didn't. No, like, I wanted he didn't a ask, date. No. He didn't, but he didn't ask me anything. He would just say hi to me at shows. And he expected me to know that that was. You should have put the phone number in the hand. I know, yeah. right? And now that I'm. I like, it's 2020. The only reason why I had his number is because I thought I wanted to do my. Molly on New Year's because yeah. it was my first single New Year's in over a decade and then I ended up deciding I didn't want to do that uh, and that's the only reason why I had his number and he was like waiting for me to text so he could maybe get do me you, drugs. Do you have any Molly now? No. <laughs> Meanwhile I took Molly that same night so I was ruined and when she didn't respond <laughs> I was like no. You didn't you did nothing. But no. on Molly doing even a little bit is like I've done all I can. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even express how not at all he indicated he liked me. <laughs> like he said, like nice hair or like something oh. one night or great set. That was it. Great set. Yeah. I, was, I went deeper than that. No, you didn't. That's all right. I could I see. I could totally see because some, you know, again, like it's the truth versus Trump versus trying to talk to someone. Yeah. You say nice hair when you really mean it's like, my God, I would like to see you naked. You yeah, know, but yeah, you yeah. Can't, yeah. Especially as a guy, like. You know, there's a whole thing about how guys don't have emotions, which is not true. Yeah. I just feel like they're overwhelmed by this biological urge to, yeah. like, to just, like, have. You know? Yeah, there you go again. Like, oh, yeah. you gotta go like if we again. said all of our emotions so. out loud, we probably all... Yeah, be like, in jail. Be in jail. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about your vagina. Oh God, I should yeah. have said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. Like, guys in our world is like. I mean, I think guys do have a capacity for like you know deeper emotions, but. Well, you're not raised that way. Yeah. Well, even societally, but even if our parents are the grossness, tell us not to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even just last night, can I share? I don't. This is a podcast. Well, no, but I mean, I don't know. Like last night, I was Will was reading in bed. I was just I I was going to bed, and he's like, "I'm not tired," and I was like, "You don't have to come to bed," but I was just like in the mood to be next to him, Mm. and I was like. 
would you re- can you read in bed like again no pressure but and he was like sure and he was just reading in bed bed and i was like i was like your i was like oh your face is so cute i'm like do you know how fucking cute your face is and i was like saying so many nice things about his face and he was like ah thanks and then i didn't want to but i was like do you have anything to say about my face? <laughs> yeah, right. Perfect time. And not that I'm like, <laughs> I, and I didn't, I, it wasn't, it wasn't coming from like an insecure, needy fa- place, <laughs> but I was just truly curious if you think that intensely the way I, like, I will sometimes look at Will's face and I'm like, oh, I, I like love you so much. I want to set you on fire. Like I just I can't even handle how much I just think he's got the best face. And I was just curious to know if, if he also wants to set my face on fire. And he was just like, I don't know. I don't really want to talk about feelings and stuff. And then he just like went right back to his book. And I wasn't Good mad, book. but I was like, oh, what? I mean, maybe it was because it was an unorganic moment. Yeah, I think that was mainly it. What was what were you reading? Uh, <laughs> I finished. There you have it. <laughs> it was so embarrassed. Ironically, it was Eddie Wong's book about falling in love. <laughs> it's not bad, but I thought maybe it was a really good book or something. It, it was so, good, I, and, it, it, and it was in the throes of the end. Yeah, you're right. So I, I have, like, I have right, bad timing. I'm finishing this in a, in a little know. bit. I know. It happens though. Like it. Not bad book. You know, I. <laughs> so I won't get all all into the details, but it happens sometimes. Like. Emily and I have, you know, we have different ways of expressing, you know, our emotions, our sexual selves. Like, I tend to be really verbal and, like, you know, kind of a little bit like Marquis de Sade, like, just sort of, like, really being into, you know, knowing all kinds of things about sexual stuff. Uh Where Emily usually just does things from, like, a really, like, from a place of just, like, I want to eat you or whatever. Yeah. You know? Interesting. (laughs) Very Um, interesting. (laughs) So, like, there's been times where I... He's my little cupcake. Yeah. 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 Right. She, like... (laughs) You should, like, squish that face till he bleeds, right? Yeah. What? Nope. I'll, like, I'll send her, like, you know, sort of, you know, uh, pornographic drawings. And I'll be like, this is this is what I want to do to you. This is what I want you to do to me. And then I'll just send like a row of eggplants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then like maybe a volcano yeah, and then nice. like a bunch of hearts. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's sweet. That's there perfect. was this one time I was like telling her like, oh, you said like this stuff and I want to do it. And, I wanna, and then you tie me up. And, you know, like I'm getting all, you know, and she's like, that's great. You know, like, (laughs) (laughs) and like, you know, what do you do? What do you do when you've told someone for like 15 minutes how you want to like ravage them in every possible way? And then they're like, thank you. (laughs) I get, I'm shy. And like part, part of it. And, and, you know, I feel like I'm not so shy, like around people that I really know, but like in general, one of the things that is so relaxing about being with Logan is he's so outgoing and loquacious and stuff and I feel like I can get to know people by watching him talk to them first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's and cool. then that's I can like ease into like all kinds of social situations that would totally freak me out otherwise and s- sometimes like that shyness doesn't always totally go away even when it's just the two of us and so yeah. I'll be like right on. Thumbs <laughs> <laughs> up when he's like got yeah. like this giant yeah. like like, like pansexual imaginative explosion. <laughs> well, and also, I mean, if you're with somebody that you trust and you know that they understand you and you feel safe and all that stuff, like when I was saying those things to Will last night and he was like, yeah, I'm reading. Uh, I don't I have feelings. Uh, okay. And then, like I rolled. I wasn't I wasn't hurt or like embarrassed at all because I know. She cried for hours. No. You know, <laughs> I, I know he feels wonderful things. It was just I was in the yeah. mood to be really yeah. like verbally affectionate. And he wanted to read his book and was also like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like your face. Like, mm, go away. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's. It, it, you're not always in the same mood, right? Right. You know. One of, were you a shy child also? Um, I feel like I was a very super outgoing until I went into kindergarten, and then like yeah. people started like pushing me off the jungle gym and crap, and then I just sort of got real reserved pretty quick. And then, mm-hmm. did you ever have like a, a a age where you broke out of your shell, or it's the same shyness still, or is there like more it comes? I think it comes and goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I grew up shy too, so I'm always curious. Where I was like, I was shy, and then all of a sudden I. Wanted to do comedy, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I can just do this." Yeah, and I, still the I shy can even stir, be shy sometimes. Yeah, depending on a little bit less. <laughs> I'm a little less shy, yeah. but I get a little 
<laughs> so, what, everyone's, okay. She's giving you this look. My, okay, yeah. I, well, fuck you guys. I'm not, I'm shy. <laughs> it's not shy. Maybe I get a little socially anxious. Socially yeah. anxious. Maybe so, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and it feels like I'm being shy. Wait, so we never even figured out, so you oh. go on the first date. Right, oh. epic first date. The epic I, first date. I just want to say something about Emily's shyness. Like, yeah. So it's kind of adorable. <laughs> no. I, so this is a weird comparison, but I think it does, it makes sense. Like, Emily's shy in the same way that Andy Warhol was shy. Like, she just surrounds herself with, yeah. like, all of these, like, insane people that just sort of <laughs> do what she might want to do if she if she wanted to just, you know, be really out there. But I do surround myself yeah. with a, a colorful, colorful cast of characters. Yeah, it's very, it's a motley crew. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it makes it easier. <laughs> so, so back to this date. Right. So he picked me up from the theater where I was ditching out of rehearsal. We went to the lovely scenic Odessa restaurant on mm-hmm. Avenue A, mm-hmm. for, landmark for, for disco fries. For all you older kids out there. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, well, what do you want to do? And he said, I just want to walk all over the city. And I was like, oh, my God, that's like the best date idea in the entire world. I didn't know what he had in mind. I just was like, oh, that sounds cool. And like, I didn't know that he actually meant like all over the city but our date actually lasted 12 hours oh, oh my shit. gosh and during and we walked we walked and walked and walked after about like f- i'd say five hours he he went in for a kiss and that was good yeah and i was i gave it to where did up. you walk we um, walked we were on avenue a and we walked all the way to the chelsea piers and then yeah. all the way back and like i know that the sun was already up by the time we were coming back but yeah. what happened was we were walking and walking, and then we saw this. Wait, can I tell this? something happened before that? Before that thing happened. Oh, okay. What happened? So before that thing mm-hmm. happened, we did we did make out um, you know, by the Chelsea Piers. Um, we're the yeah. only straight people making out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, all, it's really dark, and like the piers, they have those those blue lights, mm-hmm. which are just kind of trippy always. Um, and one thing that was really funny that I don't know why I flipped out about it so much, but Emily was telling me about um, the sort of like trans uh, man movement and how many, many uh, young women that she knew were getting their, their top surgery. Well, they weren't done. young women. Well, yeah, they yeah. were young yeah. men, right. Yeah. And, you know, this is in no way a slander to any trans person, so don't try to kill me. Um, but it was it was shocking to me. Like, even though I worked in this world of Coney Island, yeah. like the idea that a young woman would like remove her breast totally shocked me and I was I was really kind of turned on by the fact that Emily would know about a subculture yeah. oh, like because mm-hmm. it's it's really it's a big turn on to me whatever the subculture is if someone is you know open enough to hang out with people that may be shunned by society it lets you know this person is fucking cool, you know? Yeah. Agreed. And I was really moved by that, even though I was also shocked like a little boy that women would cut their breasts off. <laughs> Although I respect that wholeheartedly. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, anything you don't know about is, sh- I mean, this is not the same thing, but a little, a little bit of this, this is not the same thing at all. But Will used to work with autistic children. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so being around, and he, whenever we go somewhere and somebody is, seems what I used to think was just weird mm-hmm. or off or and I'd get a little uncomfortable. He has this like phenomenal patience and really enjoys talking to them and it's because he has his experience working with and so he's made like I get t- it's gonna sound weird. I get turned on when Will's talking to an autistic yeah, person. There it is, yeah. You know. uh, uh, but it, because, <laughs> because empathy is he, hot. Empathy is really hot. Yeah, it's, it's this really because he's so yeah. in the moment and he's so engaged and he knows how to do it and there's no judgment. Whereas, like, I have a little bit less patience because I just don't have. I also am Italian and angry all the time and hot blooded. But I, it's it's something that I'm like learning mm. through him about. So yeah, I totally yeah. understand the the and you know, and I'm also just like really turned on my autistic people. There it is. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're gonna get some letters now. <laughs> you know, so I have some ex boyfriends. I think you should meet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crispin Glover made a movie about uh, some some autistic people making love. That's that right. Everybody that should make yeah. love. I am Sam. No. No, 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 no. Crispin Glover, not uh, not uh, Sean Penn. Yeah, not Sean Penn. <laughs> Crispin um, Glover, the famous. Alien. <laughs> yes. So you go on sure this epic date, so we were right? On this epic and, day. and we kiss on the Chelsea Piers. I hope you had a second Pierce. meal. 
We did well. Yes, actually, yes, we did. Twelve hours would have been four so, meals for me. And yeah. we were we were walking back from the Chelsea Bridge, but we were in the West Village, and we heard this commotion. Yes, and there was like this is the this most dude, important part of the story. Yelling in French, and there was a girl who was obviously like a seventeen-year-old supermodel, and they were like screaming on the front step of a very, very fancy looking brownstone. And he was going, and I'll try to do as best I can. He was like, is this what you want? Is this what you want? Because you are a whore. And he started throwing hundred dollar bills at her. Throwing them, wadding them up and throwing. And we were there and I was just sort of staring, like looking at the, and she was crying and she wouldn't move. And he was like, pick it up, pick up the money, you whore. And Logan, (laughs) like I'm just sort of staring at the human drama. And then all of a sudden I feel this yank and Logan had grabbed one of the hundred dollar bills and the guy was like, what, you're going to take it? And all of a sudden there was this yank and Logan, like a vice, gripped his hand (laughs) around my wrist and took off running down the street with me following him and going like, I'm a Jew who doesn't run. (laughs) And he's like, but it was like having myself lashed to like a great Dane. Like he took (laughs) off and I was like, yeah, he was not going to stop running. And so we like, we ran and then I was like, (gasps) (laughs) when we were like a block away, we had this hundred dollar bill. And so we went to Madame X on West Houston and we drank the whole thing. Awesome. That's that's amazing. (laughs) So cool. It was a really, it was a really weird situation because like these two people were like, you know, so beautiful and so rich and so upset. They were, they were Mm. definitely like sort of beautiful people. And like the way this guy was talking to this girl, it was just like, you just wanted to just punch him in the face. Yeah. Beautiful people have problems too. I have so many problems. (laughs) (laughs) I've got, I've got 99 problems, but Uh, being ugly ain't one. (laughs) (laughs) Just like being a complete asshole to somebody that I live with. Isn't one of them, you know, like I have mood swings. I'm like, you know, I'm like, some days I just don't even want to live. You Maybe know? she fucked his brother in their bed. I don't know. Who knows? Know what happened. Know. Who knows? But we'll never know. Is it worth the thousand I would love to have him. Out? If they're listening, <laughs> we would love to have you on the podcast. But I, I, I took his hundred dollar bill and I ran and, you know, it was, it was great. It was like, it was so exhilarating. It was like stealing. But it was better because it was more self-righteous. Yeah. It was like Robin Hood stealing. Yeah. 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 It was on the street. Yeah. It wasn't That's like amazing. Yeah, exactly. He yeah. literally so, threw it on the street. So do you go your separate ways after no, this epic date? No, no. We then we went to my apartment because we, Logan said it was too late to yeah. go home. Yes. We, we, went, we went to Madame X and, uh, we, you know, we ordered some really expensive drinks and I showed uh, Emily my, my, uh, my goat tattoo, which I was sort of have a very oh, large nice. goat yeah. tattoo. Um, I love all things satanic. I just can't <laughs> help it. Um, and, uh, you know, that was sort of like the final, like, okay, are you, can you hang with me? Yeah. And I showed her the tattoo and she was like into it. And um, Emily was telling me about like, you know, Anton LaVey and Baudelaire and like, you know, the moment that I heard her talk about like French poets, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. this is the one. Yeah. He's making a jerking off motion. Yes. Um, yes, like, yet again, another aggressive sexual motion. <laughs> <laughs> to feel unsafe. <laughs> There's nothing like a woman talking about like dead French poets. It just, it just makes me go crazy in the head. So how did so then you have this epic date and then what oh. happens between that and the night that you go to her place? Like, like hey, do you well, hang out still? This is all the same date. This is all yeah. the same date. So mm-hmm. we were really like, you know, we got pretty drunk in the bar and I was like, Oh, I can't get home, I'm too drunk. You know, and I I mean, obviously I you know, it was half a lie, but that's okay. And we went to Emily's place and w- this was actually really, really great. We sort of did like everything but. Mm-hmm. Nice. And because it just would have been like too weird. And um, and then when the sun came up, we went and we got some breakfast at a Gramercy Cafe. And oh, yeah. and I, I went right from there to work, and I was yeah. like, whoa. <laughs> yes. Like like soon afterwards, a few a few months afterwards, we exchanged um, you know like SCD tests. And, you know, like, so to, sweet. To, yeah, I know. <laughs> Modern I, love. Right? I was like, here, I'm clean. And she was like, here, I'm clean. And I was like, all right, let's yeah. party. <laughs> I don't think it was a, a couple of months. That sounds. Was it was it less than a couple of months? <laughs> it was less. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it was like that was that was uh, at least for me, that was like, 
a huge romantic moment when we exchanged, yeah. you know, paperwork. Yeah. It was like, it was like, all right. It, I mean, it was weird because in a weird way, Emily was my first. Cause like, even though I've hoard around, I've never not used a condom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And had you had, so had either of you had long-term relationships before each other? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. how long? My longest was three years. Okay. So it's not yeah. super long compared to 12, but that was yeah. long for me at the time. And how about you? Um, my longest had been like nine months in high school. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, that has a lot to do with like, I don't know. I've always been one of those people that's like really, really good at intimacy, but really, really bad at being like a regular person in a regular relationship. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of like my problem always. And, you know, somehow this relationship let me get past whatever that fear was, whatever that the thing that was always holding me back and keeping me from, from really staying with somebody, mm-hmm. we were able to work through it and it took a while, you know? Well, so when did you guys make a commitment to each other? Cause if you went over there and she was like, I'm busy, uh, <laughs> yeah. so that like sort I think of when it you took a, it took a while cause we met in the yeah. summer and then there was like you know, it was so hard because like I loved our first date so much and I had this really scary feeling like, oh my God, this person is so cool and I just want to hear him talk some more. Like, and every day I would wake up and I'd be like, oh, I just want to hear him talk some more. Mm-hmm. And like, I knew that I just wanted to be with him all the time, but I wasn't going to like be a super clingy mess about it. So I just sort of waited for him to sort of like want to be in a long-term mm-hmm. relationship with me. And so we were seeing other people definitely for a few months. Yeah. And we went to on a trip to New Orleans. Yeah. Um, so we met in the summer, and then in the winter we went to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in between, was that when the moment where you went to the apartment and she was busy happened? Yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. before yeah. New Orleans, definitely. Okay. But so you knew pretty, like, right away I that you... I felt like I, I fell in love with him on that first date, and that was really uncomfortable because it was so inappropriate. Yeah. Like, yeah. I really yeah. had to wait it out. Did you feel yeah. the same way? Well, no. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's, a, you know, there's, like, there's more to it than all that, like... I didn't feel that way in a big part because um, I was diagnosed with a bipolar disorder like back in like 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, I was in my early 20s. And uh, when I was working in Coney Island, um, I had gotten off of my medications because they weren't helping me. Um, the medications that I, that I had been taking me, um, that I had been taking me sort of kept me in this weird emotional ghetto of like being a psych ward patient. Mm. And that's sort of all that my therapists and psychiatrists allowed me to be was just to be like a broken, you know, like Peter Pan sort of creature. Um, So I decided, which isn't a great idea, but I decided to get off all my medications and go work in Coney Island because it was something that was real to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I worked there for two summers. And at the end of the second summer, I really kind of had like a nervous breakdown. Um, And I decided to like get back on my medications mainly because I wanted to be with Emily Uh because my mood swings my, you know, my anger, my like intense moments of like love were all just kind of wearing her out, you know, yeah. because I was just like zipping. Like one day I would be like, oh, I'm in love and love and forever and love. And then, you know, the next day I would be like, you know, I can't believe in love because I can't believe in my terrible emotions. And so you're back on medication now. Yeah. 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 For the first year of our relationship, it was a lot of like, I love you. I love you. I love you. Get away from me. We can't see each other anymore. Like Mm -hmm. for a a year. It totally felt like, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like I didn't want, I didn't want Emily to be around me when I hated everything and I couldn't help myself, but to hate everything. Do you feel and, good now? Okay now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like it's been it's been a long it's been a long and winding road. Um yeah. and things are a thousand percent better than they were. Um but I mean it definitely impacted our relationship and it took it took a you know, it took a lot of stuff to not see the world as a as a as a single person, it took me a, a while to mm-hmm. to think of survival with this other person, and not to just think about 
like the, my selfish survival needs. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, like when you have manic depression, shit gets hard. Yeah. And if you got if you need to survive through the night, you can't be clinging on to like your mom or your dad or whatever. You have to like make it through that night yourself. And it it's really helpful to keep you alive, but it makes you selfish. Yeah. And mean. And, and you and you also, I mean, I think like I've had some depression, anxiety stuff that Will's had to deal with, and I think such an important, it's a tricky thing because for the other person, then they have to decide, well, what's their breaking point? Right. Like you want to be supportive to your partner, and I've also been in relationships where it's been the opposite, where the other person's been unhealthy, mm. and it's like you want to be supportive, but you also can't be responsible and carry the the I hate to say burden, but yeah. you can't cure their illness for them. No. You know what's interesting, side note, is mm-hmm. this is the second bipolar person we've had on the show, and both that, were black men. Yeah. And yeah. we, and Will often will talk about Sorry. how mental illness, especially in black men, is so under-discussed. So I think yeah. it's really interesting that the two... Great. Yeah. That's, two uh, yeah, I could talk about that for five hours. So. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I mean, it's fascinating. <laughs> but what you say about, like, uh, being a burden or not a burden, like, uh, you know, part of what I feel like made me want to be with Logan, I guess, I don't know, even, I don't, I wouldn't say even more, but like, despite Mm -hmm. is that like, I have, I've had like a long history since I was like in junior high school of major depression, which Mm -hmm. is like very slow cycling. But when it comes down, it's like a hammer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and so, and I always had sort of felt conscious of not wanting to be a burden on someone. Yeah. And so there was, you know, even though I hated to see him in pain and like at the beginning of our relationship was so rocky, I knew that this wasn't someone who was going to like freak out if I got ill. Like, I knew yes. that he would understand, like, yeah. on yeah. an actual, like, visceral level what was, like, you know, that he would believe me, that he, like, wouldn't say that I was, like, you know, crazy, like, in terms of, like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, he would know. Because sometimes with depression and stuff, like, it's it, the outward sign. Like, you can even be very functional, but you can feel dead inside. Yes. Mm. And I know that he would understand it and he wouldn't feel overly burdened by it because it would be sort of like a mutual affliction. Yeah, I, I don't, and that's why I didn't want to use, the word burden isn't what I meant. No, okay. I just meant like it's mm. hard when, because I just, I know of some couples who have had issues where somebody has been mentally ill and mm-hmm. they've done nothing about it. Right. And that's when I think, again, maybe there's a better word than burden, but you're like, okay, well, you can't count on your husband or wife or girlfriend or boyfriend to like be your therapist and make you feel better when you refuse to go seek help, refuse right. to go on medication, yeah. more of that kind of thing. But like, right. if you're doing everything you can to handle it and you have a supportive partner, then like, that's the ideal situation. Yeah. Right. I'm more so mean. I think sometimes what happens with mental illness is sometimes people are like, well, I have this part, not that you were doing this, no, 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 but I, I've, I've seen it happen and it's such a, it, it can get so complicated because now it's like, well, now two people are suffering from a mental mm-hmm. illness. Yeah, so at the beginning of a relationship, he was unmedicated and he mm-hmm. had no doctors, mm-hmm. like he was not supervised yeah. by anyone medically. So that was like, you know, a big turning point in terms of us being like going from seeing each other to being a couple when he made that that choice. Sometimes I, I feel, and you know, it may be like a man-woman thing, I'm not really sure, that... Emily fell in love with me at the beginning because of who I was. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with Emily months after our relationship because I broke up with her and I realized realized how empty my life would be without her. Mm -hmm. And it's like two totally different perspectives of what love is. But that's what made it real. You know, for her, there was this sort of like hope. Like, this idea of our relationship. And for me, it was this very clear reality of not having this person in my life because I wanted to be the lonely fucking bastard. You know, I wanted Mm -hmm. to be, like, (laughs) the lonely, decadent, like, uh, Casanova bullshit guy. Mr. Solo Dolo. Yeah, yeah. Kid Cudi calls him and I I like your guy. And it's it's total, it's complete bullshit. It's complete bullshit to be that person. But it, I, you know... I learned from breaking up with her and then realizing afterwards that it was all my fault. And I called my I called the doctor the next day and I called Emily and I told her, I'm you know, I'm going on meds. I really care for you. I really want to be with you. And like, I'm I'm the fucking dick, you know, (laughs) and I don't I'm the fucking dick because I have manic depression, you know, and I'm responsible for it. And if I hadn't done that, then it would have been a burden. Yeah. If, you know, if I didn't take that responsibility, then this wouldn't work. 
You guys, I want to talk to you for another 13 years hour. Later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know oh, we yeah. need to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. We, we can go have some drinks afterwards. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. Oh, so and much to... Perhaps even smoke some... There you some, go. Some. some weed. You know, you know. We all smoke weed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we end every... Oh, God, I have like so many more questions, though. Me too. We'll do part two. I have so many questions for you guys. Oh. Yeah. This has can... been so one-sided. Well, that's... I mean, go back and listen to some episodes. Uh, oh, we'll just talk. Later. So we... We end every episode, and I feel like this kind of started to come up at the end, but uh, we end every episode asking our couple, not so much for advice, because we really believe that every situation is unique, but if you had to kind of sum up, you know, a, a final thought of what has worked for you, why does why have you been together for 13 years, essentially? What has worked? What is the thing that you really you go first? hope other couples have? Yeah, I, I, I think I have, like, one more practical and one less practical. Nice. The more practical is I really believe in separate bank accounts. I don't believe in joint <laughs> checking. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And I, I just think that, like, how you know, like, every we split our household finances, but af- outside of that, like, he can spend whatever he wants in his tattoos as long as he pays the rent. Like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Um, I feel that that just like clears a lot of bullshit away when I hear people talking about issues in their relationship that are financial. I'm like, I have 99 problems, but that is not. (laughs) Um, And then the the less sort of practical one is that I'd rather be happy than right. And, you know, like you don't have to like stake a claim on like every single opinion, all that, you know, like I'm a feminist and I, I believe in what I believe, but like, I don't have to like fight every fight tooth and nail just to be right. I'm, yeah, sometimes... I'd rather be happy than right. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. like, you know, sometimes Snoop Dogg is the right music for that time. Totally and he, you know, <laughs> it's... Um, I, I'm sorry, were you done? That's it. Um, I, I, that, that last part is actually, I think that's what, what is... You know, two parts are important. Number one, take responsibility for your own shit. Don't be mm-hmm. a little fucking child. You're in a relationship with an adult. If you care about this person, clean up your own shit as much as possible. Um, and the most important thing is that if you're in a relationship and you really love that person, you're not fucking right. The relationship is not about you being right. It's about you finding a middle point with that person, even if it makes you both slightly unhappy. <laughs> like, you know, being right, if you're concerned about winning an argument, it's not going to work out. It's not because mm-hmm. you're a couple. You're, you're, you're a team. And like... If you get divided over like some random shit, you know, how can you make it? Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't know. That's that's you know, people have often been like, "Wow, twelve years, that's amazing." How do you do it? Stop trying to win. Yeah. <laughs> Just win at love. Yeah, win at love. Be happy. Oh, like, yes. Make your make your woman happy. Don't you know? Don't don't try to win. And if your husband needs to have a drink after work or a smoke after work or whatever, just let him have it. Yeah. Oh, she gets that. Eh? <laughs> yeah. And I, I get it with her you. too. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Emily and Logan, thank you guys so much. Thank you for having uh, us. Uh, to our listeners, please uh, read Bus Magazine. It's a wonderful magazine. Yes. Um, do, are you in a band right now? Um, yeah. Emily and I have been in bands together. Oh. Right now, right now. Where you know nothing is happening exactly 100 percent yet. But okay, well we'll share. But all follow that. their twitters and then yeah, we'll, be updated we'll put on that. that. And please subscribe and rate the podcast and leave nice comments and share it with people. Also, we realize this week we never plug anything of ourselves. Oh yeah. Um, and people don't know <laughs> anything of ours. So uh, Will has a wonderful show every Sunday night if you're in Brooklyn at the Knitting Factory. Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Please it's go free. And then I have a show once a month, uh, usually at Union Hall in Brooklyn, and sometimes traveling called first set where comedians share old footage from early in their career and i interview them and whatnot so uh and we'll put all the links and everything up and uh thank you thanks good night thanks for listening if you like the show and want to hear more please subscribe to us on itunes and please rate review and tell your friends also you can follow us on twitter and instagram at hwdbu podcast and like us on facebook thank you you already said thank you Thanks again. Hey. Good night, everybody. Stupid.